Hello, and welcome to the Fearless Storyteller Podcast. I'm your host, Ethan Freckleton. Have you ever noticed how fear stops us from creating and sharing our best work? Join the Fearless Storyteller as we explore the heart and soul of writing stories, songs, and scripts that sell with the people who write them. Each guest has their own unique hero's journey and insights into the intersections between limiting beliefs and success. What's my story? In 2007, I was divorced, in debt, stuck in a soul-sucking job, desperate to have a meaningful, fulfilling life, but not sure where to begin. I made a simple choice at the time, to start honoring my yes and to start speaking my no. Consequences be damned. After all, how could my life possibly get any worse? I began the long path of becoming a professional songwriter, finding my fearless voice along the way. Now, I'm living my dream life as a husband, father, and professional storyteller. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Fearless Storyteller podcast. It's just me today. Um, I had an idea for another imperfect take episode, which is really where I just kind of have a general agenda and a little thought to share with everybody that I think is relevant right now. As I record this, we are, it's March 16th, 2020, and we're entering into that territory where many people are impacted by the coronavirus in a very tangible, real way right now. Um, I know a lot of you are have kids whose school's canceled for several weeks at least. Um, others of you who have been asked to work from home or may be getting laid off temporarily and asked to be on unemployment. Um, I know this is there's a lot of unexpected change going on really fast. And this is something I've spent a lot of time thinking about in the past. I wrote a book a couple of years ago called, and it's just a little self-help resource called The Change Habit. Um, and that's it's basically a practical guide to making the most of an unexpected transition, which is what many or most of us are dealing with right now. Some of us have the luxury of already being self-employed and having control of our schedules, and maybe some of us have figured that out, and that's a secret to our productivity and quality of life. And for many others, right, we're counting on that day job or the 20 hours a week um, side hustle to make help us pay our bills. And so for those of you who have been impacted, I just want to personally offer a little shout out and hope really for the best for you. Um, I'm going to share a few things that I've learned from past unexpected changes in my life. Many of you will remember the 2008 crash, right? <laughs> and I remember at the time... I was starting to aspire to be serious about, at the time, songwriting. I had discovered an in with the industry in 2007 and for the first time was really thinking about craft and self-improvement and networking and having a business mind. But I, from a skill 
perspective, I wasn't there yet. I had plenty of room to grow. I was really fired up about that. And at the time, I was working at a software startup in Seattle. And I remember on September 15th, we were having a conversation. We brought in a 401k specialist from one of the big money management companies. And they were going to review with us our options for 401k plan for the company because we the future was bright. Except this guy came in and his hair was just a mess and his energy was really down and he had inside knowledge that that day, it was the day that um, JP Morgan asked for a bailout or whatever happened that day it precipitated what was to follow for the next two or three months. And we went from everything is great. We're going to get 401ks to getting laid off on December 31st of that year, despite assurances that everything was going to be great and come out. Nobody was lending. And a lot of similar things were happening to people um, all over, really. And in Seattle, it was no different. Microsoft used that as an opportunity for the first time to do a mass layoff. And for me, that meant suddenly the, the market was flooded with talent who were losing their jobs and were going to be looking for work at the same time I was. Um, I'm sure there were other people getting laid off as well. So what ended up happening was that these companies, even though um, their really their revenue models were unaffected, they had an opportunity to slash people's salaries. Um, anybody who's going to get into vendor or contract work, they were slashing rates by like 35%, which meant even if you were lucky enough to find work, your quality of life in terms of buying power and what bills you could pay, you're still going to be struggling. And that's basically where I ended up. Um, <laughs> I gotta say, like, this is my point here. There's a lot of similarities to where we're entering now, except it's not just affecting me or a few people or those with the good jobs. It's affecting everybody. And, you know, one of the things that I got out of the 2008 crash, terrible as it was, was it turned out to be one of the best things that ever happened to me at the time. Um, because it was really a catalyst for me to rebuild my life from the ground up to be in alignment with my actual needs and goals. You see, I had been miserable for the years leading up to that, you know, kind of chin deep in the American dream, which meant that I had a career that consumed all my time. I was commuting. I had debts. I had family commitments. We got divorced. I didn't have much control over my career. I wasn't doing what I wanted to do. Basically, all my time was being spent on things that weren't filling my cup and weren't meaningful to me much of it. And I didn't have any flexibility in undoing that. And I didn't even really know where to start. And so 2009, 
in the ashes of everything that burned down, um, suddenly I had free time. Suddenly I had flexibility in what I could control and not very much control over very much else, which in a way is freeing. In other ways, it's really challenging because all my creative energy is put into hustling and figuring out how am I going to survive? How am I going to feed my child? Right? How am I going to get work? You know, just like really basic things. You know, how am I going to pay for my gas? Um, I say, what ended up happening was I got a three-month contract. And during that time I was leading up to that, I had to move out of where I was and move in, find a roommate. So leveraging my network of friends and family, basically finding ways to lean on my community and ask for what I need. And I'd never been in a position as an adult of needing to ask for help. Um, you know, it's still something I struggle with, honestly, but I had no choice. So <laughs> it's like, okay, I'm going to ask for help. And I have a friend, you know, it turned out I had a friend who had a mortgage to pay despite everything. And, you know, we allied and, you know, we got another roommate and joined forces. And it was a great opportunity, like the silver lining to reduce my overhead from where it was, um, down to what was survivable on unemployment or on the reduced pay. And that job was going to come to an end and it did. Um, I have to say like, this is a little secret, dirty secret, and not everybody's going to like it. This is one of the foundations, two foundations of having like success, self-employed or being a creative, um, who's not working for somebody else, you have to reduce your overhead. The more you like everything you spend is basically the same as earning, right? Like if I make a hundred thousand dollars, but my overhead is 80 grand a year, um, then I'm basically effectively I'm making 20 grand a year, right? And I'm not even going to get into taxes and all that. Well, so if I'm making 20 grand for that, let's say I'm day jobbing where I'm a six figure author, but that's my margin, right? What would happen if what I needed was 50 grand or less every year, then I'm, I have enough at 50 grand. Not only is that allow me to not need to be a six figure author or working a six figure job means I can do any career that pays 50 grand or more, or my target for my business can be right. 50 grand or more. And if I want that 20 K is the starting point cushion, then okay. So $70,000 is what I need, right? Like you're able to configure and that's kind of what I learned. So my overhead went way down, like ruthlessly and in itself, that probably wasn't enough for me to have a turnaround, but it turned out to be a foundation 
the other was that I was learning how to ask for help and be in community. And like, there is a price tag equivalent, like a money equivalent. Like money is a proxy for time, or energy, or really friends or family or community. Like, I have less need for money because I have more friends and family or whatever support. We're helping each other. Um, these are resources. Everything's a resource. And learning how to be a part of something bigger is one way to, well, feel connected, have friends and shared purpose, and it costs a heck of a lot less. So in the context of that, I'm still like, I've got this big dream. I want to be a professional songwriter. I don't have a job. I've got all this free time. That means I have more time to work on my craft and write songs. Um, one of the things that I loved about my life growing up as a kid, I was a Navy brat. And so all of my earliest memories, like actual childhood memories that I remember, we moved a lot. And the road trip is like a staple of my childhood. And as an adult with a career, I had had no time for road trips and no extra money for road trips. Being in debt and scraping by and just being tied to the desk. And so I was like, I need a road trip. And I spent my three month contract, like all of my free time thinking about how am I going to do this? I learned that there were travel blogs and that gave me an idea. What if I have a travel blog? Well, what would I blog about? I don't know. Then it occurred to me, well, I'm a member of the Nashville Songwriters Association and there are over a hundred chapters in the United States, all over the country. And I learned about this other site called Couchsurfing, where people can literally travel around and stay on people's couches and make themselves a host, vice versa. And people do this because they want to build community and talk to interesting people. So all these ideas kind of gelled together. I was like, wait a minute. What if I, well, I got, I got contact info for the chapter heads of these hundred chapters. What if I came up with a pitch? that was going to have value for others, have value for me, and build community, and give me that road trip. Well, I don't have a home tying me down anymore, right? Uh, all the family stuff kind of sorts itself out when nobody has money. And I really wanted this. So summer was coming. I had three months. I planned this thing out, a songwriting tour. That was going to be three months long, and I spent three months planning it. And it worked. Because I was already learning how to be rejected and have people say no to my requests, one, because I needed to make requests, and two, because I was in the Nashville Songwriters Association, where you learn how to pitch, and you learn that success is having somebody say yes once out of every hundred times you pitch. I thought, well, if there's a hundred chapters and I want a road trip around, I can find somebody to help me out. And that's what I did. I organized this thing where I could go. I pitched that hey, to all these people. Here's the project I'm going to do. I'm going to do this blog. I'm going to go around. I'm going to interview songwriters all across the country. 
and I'm going to share that, like video interviews and blog transcripts. I don't think I did the transcripts, but I did video interviews with people. I shared them. Um, we did co-writes. I did co-writes with people. That was part of it. I was like, so, okay, we'll do a co-write. We'll do an interview. And I need some, like my contacts in each place to find me somewhere where I can stay for free. Cause I didn't have any money. I just, I was barely getting enough money to pay for gas. I literally left on the road for this thing with like, because an unexpected, um, expense went through right as I was leaving. I think I had $20 when I left, which was pretty laughable. Fun part of all this is I broke even on the trip because I, the other component was I offered to give workshops. So wherever somebody could set that up, workshops or gigs, I also did that and I broke even on the trip, which was amazing. So leading up to all this, I kind of come from a family situation where I've kind of come to learn we kind of had a negative growth mindset. Um, believe that, you know, not really understanding the value of community and, and win-win situations. And I didn't have any concept that it was possible to do something like that. So I got this really powerful lesson in I'm actually capable of manufacturing my own success. I'm actually capable of manufacturing purpose and shared purpose. I'm capable of manufacturing community. I gained a community of friends and allies and people who are interested in my success. I had people donate to me to help the project move forward. Um, and I gained credibility instantly in my profession. How about that? So kind of created something from a really desperate situation and it took me a few years to internalize a lot of lessons from that, but that had so much value to me compared to where I was at in my life before that I wanted to dedicate myself to being able to do more of that in the future. So that allowed me to kind of have some intentions for how I wanted my life to look. And because I was rebuilding, I had the opportunity to have different boundaries that I could assert as I rebuilt my life afterwards. Um, and one of those is how I manage my money. It's what I say yes to. How do I spend my time? Um, do I want a job that's not going to allow me to have like what I want out of that, like creatively and in terms of time to get better at my craft and time to be in community. And <laughs> like I became pretty hardcore about what I say yes and no to. And here's a funny thing. I did get suckered into going back to the day, day job a couple times lured in. I was actually on the verge of move, moving to Nashville and somebody told me, we really need you and you and only you. This was around 2010. It's like, all right, I'll stay and my kid will be happy and we won't have to figure out this whole thing where he's got parents in different states. And, you know, it's probably a good thing too. But my career, <laughs> my day job career really took off after that. 
Um, one, I knew more about craft. Two, I was now in control of my career and managing my career. And I stopped letting the performance review model drive my decisions and actions. I wasn't playing to keep a job for 35 years. Everything was about how do I meet my goals and aspirations to be professional creative. Um, so it means I didn't really care if I lost my job. That's a secret. And it's like the office, the office space movie. As soon as I stopped caring about my career, it took off. I could be my authentic self at work. <laughs> I could have my own boundaries. I could say no to things. I could be honest with people. And I actually became more valuable to the companies and organizations. Um, I got paid a lot more. It's crazy. And I didn't give a shit. It's absolutely nuts. Um, so I don't know, there's a career lesson there as well, beyond the creative career lessons. You know, if you really want to succeed in the corporations, you know, the key is to stop caring and start being your authentic self. Um, another lesson I learned was that there's always a day job available if I really need it eventually. You know, the economy's frozen right now. It's going to be a while. So this is what I'm getting at. Um, we are in an unexpected transition, and a lot of choices are being taken away from us right now. Which means we only really have control. <laughs> like, we don't have the op. Like, here's the opportunity. If you have things that you're that are so important to you, but you never have time for, this is the time to start examining that. This is like if health's a problem where you need to be outside walking more, moving your body, you've got time for that. If, like, you realize my family's really important to me and I don't see them enough, guess what? We're all home. Um, there's an opportunity to find a new balance from the foundation up. And I'm inviting each one of you that's heavily impacted by this to look for ways to start creating your best life because when everything gets torn down and it's just foundations that means we can actually change our foundations and this is going to set you up for long-term success it's been 11 years since the story i just told you and i have been for almost two years now, straight, um, self-employed, and working part-time. I don't work, I'm not talking working part-time for anybody else, working part-time for myself. My wife is also self-employed. We've set things up to, from the foundations, what's most important for us. Using a combination of financial resources, friends, and family. And by not having the overhead of things that don't serve us, right, we're able to live our best lives. Still a struggle. <laughs> it's not easy. And honestly, having the kids home and being around family, it's going to change all my routines. Um, and I can't go to the cafes because they're closed. I can't go to the library to write because it's closed. 
I have some dictation stuff that I haven't been using too much. The sun's starting to come out. The weather's getting nice. Maybe if you've been thinking about dictating and everybody's home and you can't work in your home office, maybe this is the time to really give dictation a go. I guess that's my parting thought for today. Um, I know it sucks. And, you know, but there are always opportunities that emerge from the unexpected. And we'll have some short-term difficulties. But I'm inviting you to ask for what you need, assert healthy boundaries with yourself, and if you need to reconfigure your life to work for you better, take advantage of the time you've got right now. Can't get distracted with anything else. Well, I guess there's always video games and books. Hey, I'll be enjoying reading and playing games too. But you know, I'm going to keep doing what I need to do for a sustainable happiness, really. All my choices is around... How do I live my life day to day to be sustainably happy? And one of those intentions is to be creative. So I use my time for that. Part of my intentions is to, when I do work for others, to do stuff that genuinely benefits others. And that's part of this podcast. Now, I still have to move my body, right? Or else I break down. So I'm going to do that. I need vitamin D. Vitamin D boosts the immune system. Be eating better, managing resources with a tighter belt, getting lots more quality time with the family. So, wish everybody luck, and I hope we all get through this. And I know that if we pull together, right, we've got a chance of having something even better on the other side. So... Here's to hope and making the most of an unexpected change. Talk to you next time. I hope you've enjoyed today's episode of The Fearless Storyteller. As a reminder, any and all links can be found in the show notes. And if you're enjoying this podcast, will you please consider leaving a review? By doing so, you'll be helping new listeners discover The Fearless Storyteller podcast. Mm-hmm.